and this was this is kind of how I define it to somebody. So imagine I was putting a nail into a wall and I started from the opposite side of the room and I sprinted, crow hopped and tried to hit the nail, right? I created a ton of force, but if I can't hit the nail, all of that's for nothing. And it's also yeah. not the most efficient. Um, when we're looking into a ball strike, the transfer of momentum and energy into another object um, is very important. It's not just about hitting it on the barrel because I can hit a ball on the barrel and the energy and momentum um, not be in that section of the barrel. Now, acceleration has a speed component, right? But it's not about maximum speed. It's about how quickly something gets up to speed. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Yakertech. Yakertech is the gold standard for measuring spin rate, velocity, trajectory, and most important, spin axis of a pitched ball. No other system captures such clarity on a moving ball. Learn more about their system at yakertech.com. On this episode of The Farm Unfiltered, Bo and I talk through the deceleration piece of the swing. We talk through the kinematics and how we decelerate primary movers and get the secondary mover moving with direction. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Bo and Joe. Welcome back to the farm, unfiltered. Yeah, Joey, it's great to be back on the mic with you and to have another opportunity to talk some baseball and hopefully share some quality information through the airwaves. Um, for today's show, I thought it would be valuable to shift gears a little bit from the last couple episodes and pick your brain about dynamic movement of the swing. Um, obviously, the baseball swing is a chain of movements and transfer of energy from one piece to the next. And a big aspect of that that is often not talked about is deceleration. So before we get into that, how it plays into the swing, why don't you open up what you're referring to um, when you talk about deceleration? Yeah, no, that's the biggest part. Everybody, um, you know, definitely I, I emphasize quite a bit with a lot of our athletes is definitely the deceleration piece. Um, a lot of a lot of things that people get confused on is when we start talking about deceleration, I mean, every everybody's mind instantly t- uh, thinks about how hard or how fast I can move, right? And while that is a definitely a hundred percent a major piece, and what they're really talking about there is force production, right? Uh, being able to create force is essential, right? If I can't create force, uh, then you know from that, you know that's 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 like layer one. <laughs> we got to be able to create force. Now, again, in previous episodes, uh, we've talked about creating force in, in small windows, right? Um, and that's great. Now, the thing is, is as we create force. Force production fails in comparison to force transmission. Fails horribly, right? Meaning like I can create as much force as I want, but if I can't get it into the ball, 
what are we doing? Right. It doesn't make any sense. So, and this was, this is kind of how I define it to somebody. So imagine I was putting a nail into a wall and I started from the opposite side of the room and I sprinted, crow hopped and tried to hit the nail. Right. I created a ton of force, but if I can't hit the nail, right, all of that's for nothing. And it's also yeah. not the most efficient. Mm-hmm. Right. So while force production is, uh, you know, very, very important. And you would say the same thing too. We've, we've given, you know, boxing analogies quite a bit. There's a lot of layover. That's why, um, and again, some of the things I've mentioned with some of the things I'm doing with like Muay Thai and some other different sports, right. There's a lot of crossover in between those and being able to create a lot of force, uh, is great. But you know, another big thing in fighting is spacing and direction, right. Mm-hmm. Just like in, just like in hitting. Right. And so some big, some bigger aspects of that, um, is if you look into that, right, is if you can create a whole bunch of force, but because of the kinetic chain and because of where the energy is actually moving within inside of a, an object, doesn't matter what it is, if it's a whip or, you know, a bat or whatever, right? When we're transferring energy into another um, object, the timing and the sequencing of that disbursement of energy is very important. And so um, one thing that's very underutilized and something that people look over uh, with a glance, uh, and, and I guess, I mean, and definitely more in the player development circle, is one word that's been kind of bouncing around right now and something that uh, isn't, hasn't really been looked into or defined in great detail. Well, that's why I'm excited for that uh, resource that we're releasing here soon from the 108 side. But um, when it comes to this is, is some people will, and in golf, this has been a common term uh, for a while, but not so much in baseball. It's kind of getting there. Uh, is the term ball striking, right? And so there's some guys that can be defined as high-level ball strikers, right? Now, to, in my opinion, a high-level ball strike um, is much different than just hitting the ball with the barrel, right? And I know we've kind of touched on this on on some other segments where, again, just like uh, – you know, an object moving quick or an object coming with um, momentum. And we're going to kind of dive into that when I, we talk about ball striking. It's not about just hitting the ball uh, with the barrel of the bat, right? That's great. That is something that is a prerequisite. We do need to hit it on the barrel. That's 100% important. But a very low-level understanding of what um, – when someone's a really good ball striker and they're very efficient – Right. It's not about just getting the barrel on the ball, not like a Ben Revere swing, not like, you know, Derek Jeter, even though those guys are very successful and had great careers, but they're not power hitters. Mm-hmm. Right. And the game is really changing towards that of guys that can drive balls into the gap. And yeah, and don't get me wrong, like not not that those guys, you know, ultimately fail that, you know, a high level ball strike or an efficient ball strike. There's just some different aspects to a ball strike that I would consider uh, when we're looking at that and it has a big part to do with force transmission. Right. When there's guys that are as small as Derek Jeter, there's guys that are as small as Ben Revere that can really put some, a charge into a baseball. I mean, if you look at like Bregman or, you know, Altuve, right, those guys are different level ball strikers. Um, and, the, and when by definition, in the sense of what's actually going on into that chain. So, like, okay, so for example, for example, um, when we're looking into a ball strike, um, the transfer of momentum and energy into another object um, is very important. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about hitting it on the barrel because I can hit a ball on the barrel and the energy and momentum um, not be in that section of the barrel. And, the, and the, the visual I give on this is imagine like a whip, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a very important reason that I have to hit things with the end of the whip, right? And yeah. even, if, even if I hit something with the end of the whip, 
but the energy hasn't been um, transferred. Sent, yeah, transferred to the end of the whip, right? I'm not going to get the same effect, right? Mm-hmm. And so for a while, I mean, for years, old school coaches have definitely been talking about, you know, you know, the barrel um, getting away from the body like a whip, right? Mm-hmm. And um, which was incredibly uh, smart and in the analogies that they've made and they know what it looks like. And more on the science side is like, how do we create that, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we go that, that route with player development, um, just like with the whip, right? If we take a whip and we just spin it around our head, right? As hard as we can. The thing is never, you're never going to get that whip effect. You're never going to hear that snap, right? Because mm-hmm. it's never actually going to be able to uh, transfer enough energy to the end of, of the whip, right? So what happens is, is just like a whip, the only way I can get the end to get that snap is I actually have to stop the whip, right? I have to have, I have to, you know, first force production, right? I have to create a ton of force, Right. And then when I, I snap and I actually pull the whip backwards, that's when all the energy transfers sent in the whip. And then I get that, I get the whip effect that snap. Right. Now to do that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things and a lot of different deceleration pieces, uh, to the body. And this is like, this is the exact reason, um, why with the resource that we're creating, that we have a whole section dedicated, uh, to deceleration patterns. Right. Mm -hmm. And, when, when we get into the deceleration piece um, and why it's so important is it comes back to some basic uh, physics principles, right? And so some of those basic principles are to, if I want to provide direction and speed and the, uh, which speed is uh, the transfer of momentum, um, we can't, but okay, okay, look at this. So momentum, let's, let's start at base one. Momentum is if you actually break it down from a physics standpoint, right? Is mass times acceleration, right? Mm-hmm. Acceleration is change in velocity over time, right? So what's important when we look at that is that when we're transferring momentum from one segment to another, let that be from our body into the barrel, or let that be from, um, you know, our uh, middle that I would define at a later point, but our middle to our trunk. Or from some people would think of it maybe like their pelvis to their their trunk, their, which would be your trunk is your upper body, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you're trying to transfer momentum up your body, and this is the kinetic chain, there's a ton of studies. If you're not a, you know aware of the kinetic chain, that you can definitely look up and start diving into a lot of that stuff on, from the biomechanics perspective. But when we're looking to transfer momentum, it's very important uh, to where, where we can't transfer mass. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Right? Like I can't put mass into the barrel, right? Yeah. The, 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 the weight, the weight of the bat will always be the weight of the bat, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm transferring momentum, the only way to transfer momentum, right? Is the, is through speed, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's a acceleration piece. All of a sudden you'll see, um, and this isn't, and this isn't too, some people get this twisted. It's not ultimate speed right? It's not mass times speed. It's mass times acceleration, right? Now, now acceleration has a speed component, right? But it's not about maximum speed. It's about how quickly something gets up to speed. Something has, can have mass, um, something can have more momentum by how quickly it gets up to speed than just by about, uh, than just speed period. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when we're looking into that, um, and you're transferring that, the acceleration aspect is very important. And when we accelerate is very important. And sometimes 
um, we get this misconception of what is a feel of acceleration and what is the reality of an acceleration and especially at a high level. Um, you can get away, you can get away, especially at some lower levels, um, accelerating really early. Right. Um, but that's, and that might even be a feel, but in reality, um, I mean, obviously when you watch, when you watch, uh, just on film period, and also too, if you put like a blast sensor on or any of the things that, you know, we can use to study, you know, K vest, all kinds of stuff you can use, uh, the study is obviously into the baseballs when we want to be the bat wants to be at, t- at peak speed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't want the bat to peak in speed, you know, early behind us. We don't want the bat to, you know, peak in speed, uh, after the ball has left the bat, right. We want the peak in my speed to be into the ball. Right. And I think everybody can agree on that aspect is yes, you might think you have to, you know, you might have to think about accelerating behind you. Yeah. You might have to think about accelerating into the ball, whatever you have to think. But at the end of the day, when I'm hitting the baseball period, that's when the bat needs to be at its peak. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that we can agree on that point. Some people have some different philosophies on how to create that, but we can agree on that. Right. Now, with that being said, um, something that's very important is if I want to transfer um, momentum and energy from different segments in my body, right? I need the deceleration piece, and this is why, is to accelerate a secondary mover and give it direction. I need to decelerate the primary mover, right? And mm-hmm. to do that, um, there's a very simple way to kind of like demonstrate that, that we do in the shop all the time. And what we do is we just get like two levers. I don't know, Bo, if you've ever seen, um, uh, it's kind of the same thing too. Trinity bats, um, you know, plug there for them, but they actually sell a bat, um, that has the handle and then like a towel on the end. Have you seen those? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. And then they also, um, there's a whole bunch of different, uh, there's an, a couple of different things that we use. Uh, we use like PVCs that have uh, water inside of them, right? Okay. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also use a bat. Um, I think it's like a tool. Again, this guy's just going to love me on because he's going to get a plug right now too, is there's this one tool that I use quite a bit. It's called a clicker. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it's just a metal um, bat shaped object that has a sliding metal piece in the middle. Um, that, you know, you can create from like PVCs and stuff too. There's a really, you know, with a washer or something you mm-hmm. can, you can make them, uh, in that way too. But, um, people use tools for different things. Um, but what I like to use it for is the understanding of the energy transferring to the end of objects and transferring from segments to segments. But, um, one additional tool that we have that we uh, we only had at our shop, but it does a great, uh, way of demonstrating is, if we think of it like this, and this is not this is not just baseball science. This has been it's the same in um, a catapult, right? If you've ever seen, I, I I did a thread a while back on the 108 hitting. Um, I think it's still pinned um, to that Twitter account. If you guys want to go take a peek at what I'm talking about, but to when we look at a catapult system, um, we need to if we have let's say the catapult is pulling an object, right? When the catapult actually stops, all of that energy is transferred to the object that it's pulling, and then all of a sudden the the ball shoots or whatever you're you know yanking into the air, right? And there, you know there's uh, I I put a demonstration on there of that happening, but also when we look at that, one thing we have at the shop is we have two levers, and in the middle there's a fulcrum, right? A fulcrum is just like a um, a piece like a hinge, right? It's like a hinge where the two levers can move like back and forth from each other right? Mm -hmm. Um, Basically like your knee, right? 
So your knee is a fulcrum in, in a sense, right? Your knee is a, a fulcrum and then your tibia and your fibia, uh, right, right on each side of it. Uh, they're, they're two indiv- individual levers, right? So when what, what's happening from a lot of people is what they're trying to do is they're trying to grab the primary mover and let that, let that be, let's say the trunk for right this demonstration, right? So let's say the trunk for this demonstration, they're trying to use their chest and they're trying to rotate it as hard as possible and just keep spinning. And then they're dragging the secondary piece, which would be the arms and like, let's say the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just combine those two for now for the, the essence of the understanding for now, right? When what they're trying to do is they're trying to accelerate their trunk and just keep spinning and they're just dragging the barrel through the zone, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I want to create direction and I also want to transfer the most amount of speed, momentum, um, and energy into the bat, especially with the timing of how it needs to get into the barrel strike, which is again, a whole nother complexity. But when I want to do that, it's very important. Like, okay, if we were to go kick a soccer ball, if you want to go kick a soccer ball and you wanted to kick it as far as possible, you're not going to kick it and just keep rotating and spinning. Right. As mm-hmm. you, if you guys think about it, like when someone kicks a soccer ball really far, a big part of that is, and they've been talking about this in pitching and, uh, you know, a lot of other sports, you know, again, when guys can fill goal or anything like that, right. They don't kick it and just keep spinning. When they hit the ground, they decelerate and their opposite leg catch, captures all of that energy. And that's what gets through the ball. And then that's where they get their direction from same thing in pitching, right. They talk about a league, uh, lead leg brace, very important, yeah. right. And, um, that, that deceleration piece is what captures, uh, that energy and forces, uh, the ball to, uh, to gain so much speed out of the hand. Right. Mm-hmm. So this isn't something new again, like we're not like, um, you know, recreating the wheel here. I mean, the same thing too, guys have been doing this for years. That's why very interesting. And if you look at, um, if you don't have the, the drive from what, whose drive is that? Dustin lens, Dustin lens drive hitting drive that you can go. It used to be available um, on Twitter. If you guys can't find it, um, I don't know if he's, he still has it on his Twitter or not, but it has access to a whole bunch of film of hitters. Like, an, I mean, um, like almost every single MLB hitter uh, as of like three years ago, like there's a ton of hitters in there, even mm-hmm. Hall of Famers in there, right? So at one of the drives in there is the Hall of Fame drive, and this is what he's created. And if you go and look at the Hall of Fame drive, I'm just going to throw a number on there, uh, somewhere around like 90% of the hitters, either – they stand closed, stride closed, or kick back. They mm-hmm. do one of those three. They do one of those three things. Some of them, some of them do a combination of all of them, right? They stand closed, they actually stride closed, and they kick back. And the kickback is another word for like a scissor, right? Yeah. Um, again, as we talked about before, um, and we touched on at Palooza like two years ago, we did a, a study on uh, hitters and uh, the ground reaction force um, and also the segment, uh, segmenting of the rest of the body when it comes to the kinematics and when we did the study and we presented over at uh, Palooza was that a scissor move or a kickback uh, produced by far, like it wasn't even close uh, the amount of force production that we got from that move. When players did that move, put it this way, it was so not even close Bo. that when we actually did the study, um, our biomechanist came and said, Hey, you know, there's um, you know, there's a couple of these swings that, um, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to, we're going to throw out because they're just so far away. You know, there's a couple of these athletes that swung and I think the data is wrong. Yeah. Right. So, and then, so uh, Eugene at the time had mentioned said, okay, well, you know, what, what do you mean up with the data? She's like, well, it's just so far away from the other data. Like it's not even 
close. Like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, that, and this is a normal process. And when you go through the biomechanics lab, there's always these outliers, right? Yeah. And when mm-hmm. you see these extreme outliers, a lot of times, sometimes, yeah, it could be just a misread or something like that. Just like if you're hitting on a rap soto, a hit tracks and all of a sudden, like, you know, the guy's been popping seventies and all of a sudden he pops like a hundred or something, right? Like mm-hmm. you're like, okay, like I'm going to throw that one out. Right. But what Eugene did was like, okay, well, if I could name every guy, right. That had this data, right. Could we keep it? And she's like, well, yeah, of course. Like if you, if you can name what guys, um, were producing this data, then yeah, I, you know, I think that we, that's a, that's, you're seeing something I'm not, or I don't completely understand. And mm-hmm. we need to look into that of why that's creating so much force. So I want to, you know, so he then named five guys in the study. Um, and those were all the five that had that crazy data and they all did a kickback and a scissor. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they went back, um, and studied the understanding of what it does and how it creates force. And one of the biggest things is the deceleration piece. And again, this isn't something that's, uh, now, you know, years later, this isn't something that is just particular to hitting, right? Um, uh, pitchers have a very similar move that they do, uh, fighters when they're throwing a punch, a very similar move that they do with their back legs. Um, they just do it in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. usually if it's like getting across their body, um, but the deceleration of the hit piece is very important because it's the first primary mover in the chain. That's very important to decelerate. If I want, if I want to de- decelerate different segments of the chain all the way up from, let's say, hips to trunk to arms to ri- uh, the now you have another again, your wrist is also a, a fulcrum as well into your hands. If I want to do all of that and get it all the way into the bat, um, there's a lot of pieces that I need to decelerate, right? And then also I need to decelerate those in sequence. So the thing that a lot of people have issues with is that they want to decelerate but they don't do it in sequence, mm-hmm. right? And just like an acceleration, just like accelerating, accelerating in sequence is very important, right? It's not just about accelerating, but if I want to be efficient and I want to get up to speed really quick, there's a sequence of, a sequence of events that my body needs to go through to create that force, mm-hmm. right? It's not a magic trick. It doesn't happen on accident, right? When I accelerate and I create that much force, there's a reason, there's an efficiency to that move, Right. And while there is a multitude of ways to create force, right? There's only so many ways to create force, right? And that's a Franz Bosch, you know, if you guys haven't got his book as well, um, you know, you should do that, make that investment. Um, he's actually coming out with a new book here soon. So again, we're just plugging people today, uh, Bo. Mm-hmm. Yep. but with that, with that being said, um, you know, there is a multitude of ways of doing something, but there's only mathematically so many ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we look at that, um, when there's a whole bunch of ways and I would, we, we'd call, we'd call them, uh, compensatory patterns, right? So compensatory patterns, what that means is while it still creates force, it's not the most efficient. Mm-hmm. Right. And basically what happens is there's, there's a lot of big leaguers. There's, you know, 12 year olds, especially there's, you know, guys all over the place that are, have really, um, they're not efficient, right? It doesn't mean that they can't hit right? It's just a compensatory pattern, right? They're compensating for something that could be more efficient. The more efficient that you are, right? The guys that can wait the longest to have to do the least to create the most, right? Those guys just, just like the time of, you know, throughout evolution, they live the longest, right? And they, uh, that's another out, that's another thing that's outlined in the spinal engine. Another great book. If you, uh, that one is when I'm talking about investments, 
that one's an investment, but that, that, that one's not cheap. Um, <laughs> that one's a very expensive, um, and I definitely too, that will dive into all the fascist stuff and all that, that, you know, spider web that we don't want to walk into right now, but right. But when we, when we look into, when we look into this, it's very important, um, uh, that, uh, the spinal engine, but he outlines and he, he, he goes through, you know, he goes through this segment where he's basically talking about um, and outlines that throughout evolution, right? The ones, the animals, anything that has done the least to create the most, they live the longest, right? Mm -hmm. So the same thing in like hitting, if you think about it like this, okay, the most efficient hitters, right? Or the most efficient movers typically have the longest careers, yeah, right? And what that, what that means is like, again, if somebody's compensating, you know, a bunch, don't get me wrong. They could have one year where they just explode, right? They could be an MVP. They could be whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely, but to sustain that, right. If we're not efficient and that's the same thing too, like you can, there's a, there's a multitude of overlay there. There could be, you know, even how we walk, right. If we walk and we're compensating the whole time, it adds up, right. Yeah. If we're, if we're sitting on our left hip, because you know, there was an injury on our right hip, right? We're compensating for something that happened on our right hip, right? Over time, that adds up, that breaks down our spine, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's an overlay in every single scenario. And so when we come to um, force production and the efficiency piece, right? When you're young and you're athletic and you might be a freak athlete, yeah, absolutely. You can compensate and still, you know, produce some good numbers, right? But the difference is, is then when you look at some of these guys, um, you know, you look at some of these guys that have been playing really long uh, careers. A lot of those dudes, and again, to you know, there's not no way to throw a number on exactly you know what percentage or whatever, right? There's no way to quantify that to that percentage. But those guys are very efficient, yeah. right? With how they capture energy, how they get it into the ball. Again, they do they do the least to create the most, right? Mm -hmm. They can swing easy. Those are like those are the things where, you know, everybody see this. We've all been around players that look like it's effortless, right? And it's efficient, right? And that's it's effortless. I can try really easy, right? And produce really high exit velocities, right? You see pro guys, they look like they're not even trying and all of a sudden, boom, these are popping balls at 98, like without trying. And then you have another guy that's, you know, crow hopping, jumping from, the, you know, the other batter's box or whatever, trying to create the most amount of, uh, you know, force into the ball. It's like, okay, yeah. You created 98 mile an hour X velocity, but it's not the same as a pro guy creating 98 mile an hour X velocity with ease, yep. right? Um, and when a ball is coming at you at 95 miles an hour, that's sinking, cutting, and you know, tunneling with a curve or a slider or whatever he could tunnel with, with right? Mm -hmm. The last thing that I want to do is have to commit early, right? Because I'm trying to create all this force and because it's so inefficient. Yeah. Right. And so to kind of tie that back in and dive back into where we were at before is it's very important that when we're the, the deceleration piece will be something that as we go forward um, in the game of baseball, it'll be something that would, it's definitely emphasized even more, but everybody is, and, and like the give kind of some ideas of what that really looks like, especially the easiest one to see. Uh, I, I would say the, the two easiest moves to see, and you'll see them a ton when you watch major league baseball is the scissor. That's a deceleration move, mm -hmm. right? Or the kickback, right? As we call it. Right. And a, uh, we call it a stick, but also to, um, you can see a lot of players that do it, especially guys with two handed finishes that are the easiest to see is mm -hmm. again, guys like Ryan Braun, guys like Mike Trout, guys like Chase Utley, right? Guys, guys like Justin Upton, 
right? These guys that have these real like these two handed finishes, and you see, uh, it's almost like they like cut their swings off. Guys mm-hmm. will say like they like they look like they're almost cutting their swing off. Uh, Mike Trout has that real like low finish where his hands are like kind of across his chest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then Chase Utley, a lot of those like he'd hit balls and like stop. Right. And everybody'd be like, well, if he would just finish his swing, he'd get so much more force. It's like, no, it's like the opposite. Yeah. Um, because we're not understanding the deceleration piece and the aspect of that and getting force actually into the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a very important reason. Again, if you look at like Chase Utley, a very, again, he was doing very minimal effort for a long time. And I mean, he's had a really substantial career and played quite a long time. Right. Yeah. Um, again, someone that's very efficient, like Mike Trout. Um, might be one of the might be the most efficient hitter of all time to this yeah. point, right? Mm-hmm. And and not saying that too. Obviously, we haven't thrown um, every hitter in a biomechanics lab, but the things that he's capable of doing and how he's uh, utilized his body, I think also too with this something to be mindful of. I don't think that um, he's aware of everything he does in the sense of look. There's some things that he does that. You know, there's you know, professional athletes don't understand why they do everything they do. They know what it feels like. They know what it feels like when they're hot, right? But they don't necessarily know what's going on. To you know, again, you don't need to know how to build a car or how you know how the car works to be able to drive it. Yeah, right. Very, very different. And so, with that, um, where you can get into trouble with that is again, if you don't know if something why something's important to your swing, if you don't know your swing like inside and out. It's very easy, and we see with this with pros all the time that they can fall out. Um, they can fall out of what was actually giving them a ton of results because they think that something's inefficient, right? Or they think something uh, is causing them a, a loss in force production, right? So yeah. if you don't have a really strong understanding of what the move does and uh, what it does for you, um, it be you have to be very careful on what mo- movements that you change. Yeah, very important there. Um, but yeah, before we move on, I know I just covered a whole bunch of stuff, Bo. Um, but before we kind of move from there, what questions do you think I could open up for listeners in that way? Yeah, no. When I was doing a little bit of research on this, I wanted you to to open this up. And you touched on it a little bit there, but it's kind of a product of the efficient movement patterns um, leading up to this moment. But can you train um, that moment of deceleration or do you think it's just the product of the efficient movement patterns leading up to that point. Yeah. So we get, we get that question quite a bit. It's a combination. We absolutely train deceleration. Um, just, this is the thing is you got to think of it like this. When you go in the weight room when you go in the weight room and you're squatting, right? You're training acceleration and deceleration, you know, Mm -hmm. eccentric and concentric, right? Now, when people just say, oh, well, it's like, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, but when he just moves well, that just happens, right? Yes and no, right? <laughs> when we got to think of it like this, this is the biggest one. And this is how you know, this is how you know, and this is what we train is when we look at, you know, old school coaches for a while have been using the word balance, right? Mm-hmm. But when we look at that, what is actually happening in the body that's creating balance, right? And when you look at balance, let's think of, well, let's think what balance is. It's equal opposite, right? Yep. So to be able to balance a force, I need to have an opposing force that gives me equal balance. Yeah, like right? A so 
Yeah. So like reciprocal movement, right? So when I'm, when I'm going to, okay, if I, if I just rotated to my left as hard as I could, right? If I can't stop that rotation with an opposing rotational force, right? Mm-hmm. Which guys would say like, oh, like some, that's why some guys, you know, and definitely if you've been in the baseball community on the player development side, you've seen a lot of anti-rotation stuff, but there's an issue with that. The anti-rotation um, stuff is a great step, right? But it's not the same. It's, a, it's basically like doing a like wall sit instead of actually doing a eccentric loading pattern, um, you know, basically like the down part of a squat, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can sit against the wall and absolutely that's going to build some strength, right? And you can do it from different positions, but actually stopping rotation is very important, yeah. right? So like it, it, you got to think of it like this. If we didn't stop our rotation and we just h- rotated hard to the left, we'd be like a ballerina. We just keep rotating, keep yep. keep rotating, keep rotating, and that's obviously not what we want, right? I want to rotate, and this is this is where the big debate happened uh, years ago. Bo is probably when y- you and I were uh, growing up. There's that big, you know, linear linear hitting against rotational hitting, mm-hmm. right? And there's obviously a ton of linear um, pieces to the movement. And there's a ton of rotational pieces to the movement. It's not one or the other. Right. Mm-hmm. And some guys need to think more linear and some guys need to think more rotational depending on their body types. And, you know, obviously we've done an episode about that as well. Right. About what, what things are going on and what movements match their movement profile. Right. Yeah. Now, when we look at those as, and I put it this way, and driveline and a whole bunch of other places have found similar things. And some of, some of the things we find in studies is we have a whole bunch of hitters that have elite level bat speeds. And we have a whole bunch of hitters that have elite level level pelvis speeds, right? And what that means is that while they might have elite level bat speed or pelvis speed, uh, pelvis speed, right? There's other things that are going on inside a major league athlete that are not going on inside of some of these, like some of these younger athletes that are less, that are less, um, yeah, just a lot less efficient. And also too, there's more going on than what we're currently looking at. Yeah. Right. So, so some of the studies and some of the things that we've read and some that, you know, even driveline or some of those guys have published is while you might have elite level pelvis speed, that's the first that's the first step, right? That's force production. But if I can't get that force up my body and into my bat and then into the ball, it doesn't matter. Well, then some people would say, well, okay, yeah, but that comes to bat speed, right? And this is where this is where we start getting into a whole nother rabbit hole, right? Um, no, <laughs> it's not just creating speed because again, I can create speed inefficiently, right? I can create speed by doing a multitude of things. I could yank into my back. I can rotate as hard as I want. But again, I also, there is that spacing and direction piece to it. That's very important. And that's where the balance and all that stuff comes into it. It's not about, it's not about just getting the bat up to speed. It's about how, when, what, when, where, how, you know, like all that, right? How yeah. does that, how, when, and how quickly I can get my bat up to speed in a small window, right? Very mm-hmm. important. And that's the difference between elite guys and then, you know, Joe Smo down the street that can hit, you know, a slow pitch softball, you know, 500 feet. That's great. But again, he can't hit 95 miles an hour. Right. Um, that's the difference between a guy that can throw a haymaker, right. And a guy that can throw a jab and, and create just as much force. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we work on uh, deceleration is the same thing, just like in the weight room of like the eccentric 
uh, part of, of a squat, right? Um, working in, the, in that opposing direction and decelerating a force in that direction is something that we work on on a constant basis. And there's a multitude of ways that we go about doing that. And also too, just like accelerating, there's a, a bunch of pieces to it um, that are not, you know, and that's why, that's why, again, in that, that resource, like we, why we've gone extensively, why we've created a whole section on how we go about doing that, because it's not so much to like, it's not about the drill. And this is one thing you'll hear me say all the time. It's not about the thought. It's not about the drill. It's not about the implement. I don't care about any of that. Right. It's about the movement. Hmm. It's about the movement. I don't care about the drill. I don't care what you, what you have to think. I don't care what drill we have to do. I don't care what implement we have to use. If you move better, I love it. I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we go about that, again, we're very movement based, right? And we got to remember that the movements create the data. The movements create the data. Mm -hmm. Very important, right? That sometimes we keep, we, we start looking at data and we start trying to uh, mess with the data in the sense of um, it's not just about chasing a number, right? It's yeah. about the, the, the only, the only thing that we're worried about is getting hits in games. I don't mm -hmm. care about your, you know, your EVs and all that other stuff. Yeah. They play a role and, and they can definitely give you an overlay of like, okay, is this guy going to have a chance of being productive in games? Like, yes. Hitting the ball harder. Does it help? Yes. Does hitting a ball at, you know, in the air at certain angles help? Yes. Right. Does um, your numbers when you're, again, when we go into the biomechanics lab, we see how efficiency, does it help? Yes. Right. But at the end of the day, it's about getting hits in the game and that is king, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not about chasing numbers. We're about creating great movements, right? We're about creating feels that you can use when you're in the game, hmm. right? So again, like creating the feel of what a stick feels like or reciprocal move or a crossbody move, right? Or some of these some of these uh, feels is very important and that's what we create for hitters so that when they you know, this is the thing. This is another thing that we believe in. We don't believe in mechanics. We believe in feels, right? Mm -hmm. Because mechanics, right? Like this needs to do this. And that's like more of a coaching side, right? This needs to be here and blah, 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 blah. And then, and even this too, it's not, it's, it's the flow of movement, right? And energy and momentum and all those other things, right? It's the flow. That's very important. But again, a feel I can recreate because I remember what it feels like, mm -hmm. right? And I know when something's right, when something's wrong, when I'm off time, when I'm a little, you know, when I'm jumping forward, when I'm in my quads, like I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be in my glutes. I know what it feels like, you know, again, when we create those feels for our professional guys, when they go away, they have a whole bunch of feels and then they have a whole bunch of, uh, we give them like, uh, you know, drills that have worked for them to mm -hmm. get them to feel that move that they're trying to create. Right. Yeah. So this is the thing is like, when we go about that, it's, you know, put it this way. I create, there's some guys that have like five drills, right? Like yep. they do these five drills and this is how they just emphasize. And, and this is the thing. Um, there was a really good point that was made um, at Palooza this last year um, by Lance, uh, Lance Wheeler. Um, and he had mentioned that he's like, look, you could do the same drill, but if you put a different emphasis on that drill, that can, that drill now becomes, you know, seven drills, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, this one, I want you to really focus on. Um, we're doing the same, you know, drill. But I want you to really focus on keeping your, you know, back foot down, or I want you to really focus on staying in the ground or really focus on moving from the middle here, or I want to, you should really focus on, um, you know, the D cell or blah, 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 right. You can mm -hmm. use the same drill and emphasize a whole bunch of different things because the drill doesn't 
matter. The coaches, the coaches, uh, coaches are really tied to a lot of drills. Now, don't get me wrong. Is there, is there constraints? Again, don't hear what I'm not saying, right? Is there constraints or is there drills that uh, can really lead someone down like a constraint led approach, right? Which has been a hot, you know, hot word, you know, some hot words that we've been saying. Yes, constraints absolutely um, are very useful. But again, I can create a multitude of constraints in different ways uh, that are going to click differently with different guys, mm -hmm. right? Um, so there's the drill is important, but it's not about like we talked about with, you know, a British name dropping here, just like Donnie Ecker again, right? Well, when like him dropping that line with me, right? It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite, right? It's what they need, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not my favorite drill or what fa my favorite drill I like to do with athletes. Like, yeah, is there drills that get more results than other drills? Absolutely. But also with that being said, I have to keep expanding my toolbox, right? So that I can help as many athletes as I can, right? And yeah. when I do that, I need to figure out what drills help this guy move the best on things that he needs to work with, right? So that he can take that into season. And then when he's without me, he can go to that toolbox and go, okay, these are the five tools that, um, you know, the five drills or whatever that help me fill this move when my forward move is off, right? When my, when I'm not moving well from my middle, these are my, you know, a couple of drills that I go to when hmm. I'm not, you know, when I'm, I'm feeling like I'm out of the ground, these are a couple of drills that I go to, you know, I'm not seeing the ball. Well, when I'm not seeing the ball, well, and I'm, I'm committing early to off speed pitches, you know, this is usually what's going on. And these are some drills I can do to create that feel that I am when I'm seeing the ball well, and I'm not cheating the pitches and, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to go about creating the movements. And what's something that we emphasize more than anything, it's not about the drill and everybody just wants to go, just give me the drill so I can go do it. <laughs> right. But that's the thing is the drill doesn't matter. It's about the movement and anything any coach can do to create the movement we use. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that we do about that. One thing, you know, very simply, one thing that, again, I know somebody wants some takeaways so that they can go and start practicing some of this stuff is first off, Go get all the, go get all those resources. Start doing your own research into the things that you know I had mentioned. Right. Secondly, again, um, not only you know I've posted a ton of stuff, but also you know Eugene's posted a lot of stuff on the on the D cell side. Uh, you can start seeing the images and also go study hitters uh, that you know the kickback and the scissor, and I'll also watch watch some of these guys that their chest is just stopping and their hands are just being released through the baseball. Um, you know, we definitely could post some of those here in the next uh, week, uh, Bo as well. You know, kind of dive into. Mm -hmm. Some of those kind of show some examples of guys doing some of those moves. Um, and then also, you know, with that being said, um, another big thing is, again, like this resource that we have coming out um, from the 108 side is going to dive into that stuff and like make it very clear. We spend a ton of time uh, breaking down this place because, again, just like this conversation, like, look, the body is a very complex, 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 one of the most complex things on the planet, right? Yeah. A very complex system. Right now, when uh, we dive into how complex the system is, it's very important that um, some people try to make it very simple. Right. And don't get me wrong. It's great that it's it, for things to be as simple as possible. Right. But no simpler. Right. Yeah. We don't want to take away from the complexity of the body and just make it seem like, oh, if you just do this, then if you do X, then Y happens. And then if you yeah. do Y, then Z happens. Like, no, there's, you know everybody's body moves differently. They all have different movement profiles and we prescribe certain drills that work better with certain body types. And we have that all outlined in that resource that we created. That's why it's taken so much time for us to build what we built. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, is because it's not simple, 
right? And it takes a lot of time and we have to give a ton of context because, you know, being a coach isn't white and black. There's a lot of gray, yep. right? And what works for what, what guy is very important, right? And us taking in their body type and everything else that's going on with their bodies and what moves they're able to create and also to where their mind slips to when they go to compensate, very important, right? All things that we keep in mind when we're working with hitters um, and what directions, you know, we go with guys. Yeah. No, Joey, I think that's some great information on the on the subject. And I also think that opens the door for us to continue talking not only about uh, the D cell, but also just the movement patterns and, um, you know, the kinematic sequence that goes into swinging in future episodes. And I also think that opens the door and challenges our listeners to, you know, open up a rabbit hole and some and some doors for them to go research and to propose some questions for us, guys. I think um, this is an important balance between me and Joey and the listeners is we want to um, provide information and talk about questions that you guys have. Um, you know, as with the podcast, we're lifelong learners. Me and Joey don't know everything. And we'd like to, you know, do some research and answer the questions that you guys have. So if there's anything that you guys, um, you know, aren't sure about, um, want some more explaining, whatever that may be, make sure that you guys reach out to us, uh, shoot us a DM reach out to us, um, quote this with whatever you guys like, whatever you guys want to learn more about. And um, we're looking forward to opening this up in future episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, you know, uh, just like always, uh, we appreciate you guys uh, showing us love, sharing us around and also um, letting everybody else knowing what, you know, what you're listening to and the things that you guys are learning. We love to promote you guys and we, are, and we appreciate you guys promoting us as well. And, you know, again, we have that, we have a whole bunch of merchandise on our, um, I guess I say a whole bunch. We got a, we got, we got our hat and our shirt, right, Bo? <laughs> our hat, our hat and our shirt on our uh, website. We, we want you guys to look like you're part of the team. We make that stuff reasonable for you guys to get your hands on. We want you guys to, uh, to continue to promote us as we promote you guys. Uh, we love and appreciate you guys. And just like always, as we had mentioned, um, we need resources from you guys uh, to continue to push the game forward and to help other coaches. We have that membership uh, piece on our on our website that we're doing our best. It's a free resource that we have. You guys should go jump on that. Um, free resources, just sharing other coaches, uh, you know, resources that they use on a daily basis. Um, you know, some bigger schools on there, some things that they use, um, you know, practice plans and workout uh, routines and also to, uh, you know, some, you know, hitting and pitching and uh, performance side, mental side. There's a whole bunch of things that we've compiled on there and we need to continue to build that resource. So if you guys have anything, um, anything that you think of be of value to other coaches, we appreciate you guys reaching out to us and sharing those so we can share them um, with the world. So we really appreciate you guys and from us and our partners over at Yakutech. Farm system out.